Internet, you're listening to the Tashi Station Book Club, the bright center in the universe for science fiction and fantasy literature discussion. I'm your host, Nancy, and joining me this month is Dunk to discuss The Price of the Stars by Deborah Doyle and James McDonnell, book one of the Mage World series. And welcome to the show, Dunk. Thank you. And you've been on Tashi Station before, but in case we have newer listeners, can you give us a little <laughs> introduction to yourself? Uh, I run um, the blog Club Jade and the Twitter and the Tumblr. and the, um, So yeah, and I also, uh, I read a lot, or I used to. <laughs> uh, back in the 90s when these books came out, before fan fiction, I read quite a bit. <laughs> cool so you like the star wars (laughs) yeah a little bit all right so let's get right into the plot description for the book um and like i said this one is book one of the series and the first three books form a trilogy and then there are four additional books that are set during different time periods but this is the start and the first published book and this is a series you definitely want to read in order yes i put that out there publication right now. order deviate yes. yeah don't deviate from the order yeah it makes it just makes more sense it does <laughs> all right so the war with the mage worlds is over now it's time for the real struggle to begin freebooter at heart spacer by trade becca rossell and matati doesn't want to hear about her father whose rugged generalship held back the mage worlds or her highborn mother whose leadership has held the galaxy together ever since becca pilots spacecraft as far from her famous family as possible thanks very much then becca's mother is assassinated on the senate floor and her father offers her warhammer prize ship from his own freebooting youth if she'll use it to deliver the assassins to him off the books. Looking for assassins has a tendency to make assassins look for you. In short order, Becca's arranged her own very public death and adopted a new identity. Now all she has to do is leave a trail of kidnappings and corpses across five star systems and blow the roof off the strongest private fortress in the galaxy. If her own family can just get off her case long enough. (laughs) (laughs) so those of you who have read uh the star wars expanded universe might find some of that familiar and that's why we all started reading these books in the first place (laughs) so i I specifically want to dunk on to discuss the first book because she is the person responsible for me reading them uh way back in 2012 uh so five years ago uh that's a long time uh on the internet it's a long time. it is um <laughs> dunk had tweeted about a space opera series that she suspected started as star wars fanfic and i at the time being super into writing and reading fanfic was like what series is this uh and you linked to mage worlds and the first one i think was on sale at the time so i bought it immediately yeah it was on sale as an ebook because yeah you can only get them as ebooks now really i mean you can find them in used bookstores but they're all in ebook i think yeah they at are least the first three are. yeah they are because i have them all in ebook okay so okay um yes 
I'm so old school. I bought them in the, in the, in the 90s. <laughs> I have my 90s paperback, like, Tor. This was back when Tor, like, had used cheap glue. Yeah. And so the cover has fallen off of a couple of them, and I glued it back on, <laughs> and they're still holding up. I'm shocked that they still hold up. I'm like, what am I going to have to buy a digital copy? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So you read them when they first came out, right? Yeah. I read, well, I how I got into them was Walden Books. Used to oh, have Walden news- Books. I loved Walden Books. <laughs> you used to have these little newsletters. Walden Books and B. Dalton's, like the mall bookstores, they had these little newsletters. And I hadn't heard of them until the third one, um, By Honor Betrayed, came out. And they had an interview in it. And so I read, it was like, you know, there was like a two-page interview. It wasn't big at all. And I read that and I was like, this sounds interesting. So I picked up, you know, The Price of the Stars and then eventually kept reading them. And I, so I was, I was buying the other ones. So the, all, the first three were already out when I started. And then I, you know, I picked up the other ones as they came out. Cool. And so you had said that you, you suspected it was Star Wars fanfic. And if anyone reads them, they can totally see where one might have that suspicion. (laughs) It is 100% obvious. But the thing is, it starts, you know, the setup Mm -hmm. starts that way. So I don't think it was, I don't think, first of all, this was, I, I suspect that, there's an intro in one of the later books where uh, Doyle talks about um, how they kind of started this. And it yeah. was probably, it sounds like it was in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking this was never actually public. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they ever got to the point where they were actual published fanfic. I think they just started that way between the impression I got and I don't have that copy, but the impression I got was that it was like between friends. Yeah. Back and forth. I think that's in, um, I think it's in one of the the professor books. Yeah, one but, of the there's three prequels, two about the professor and one about the parents. Yeah, and I think cuz yeah. I was reading it and she had I believe it's in the first one where she talks about how the story how they got started. She started writing about Becca and wrote a short story and was sending it to another author and then then um James McDonald was her husband and co-author was like, I want to read more. And then he's, she said, well, you write it. (laughs) Uh, And so then they, you know, just went on from there. Uh, But it's, it's so interesting to me because I, I've been recommending people read these books for, since I read them. And now, especially, you know, I said, Hey, all you guys sad about legends, Go read these books. And I think the thing that is so interesting to me is that they came out in the early 90s, which yep. is right when Legends was pretty much starting. Yeah. And yet the similarities are so striking. But it's well, yes and no. It's like there's they are very obvious. I mean, you have the three the three kids and yeah. <laughs> but they're so different. They I mean, are, they're, they're yeah. like distinct cousins. There, mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities, but it's all very cosmetic. Yeah. Once you get into the story, it's completely and utterly different. And especially even going so far as the adapts and the mages, which are kind of like you can the Jedi. You can assume are the Jedi Sith. They're just they're they're just a totally different direction. Yeah. And that's why I think it started in the early. They they came up with this in the early ages. Like, well, we can't publish this, but if we, you know, if we if we you but know, I mean, tweak it a little. Yeah, tweak it a little because it's it. It seems to me that it might have even started before Empire. Yeah, because the, the similarities are 
they're so basic mm-hmm. that if you didn't have the rest to go on, you could totally take it in this direction. Right. If you didn't have all that history. So it's, see, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of weirded out about the fanfic thing. Yeah. <laughs> Although, but it's there. But right. I, I like that. I like that it's so distant and it went off in its own direction. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you can definitely see the inspiration for it. Um, but then they, you know, took it in a different direction and made their own story, which I think is like what I really love when people do that because <laughs> I love hearing like, oh, yeah, this started out as this story. And then I, you know, just made it my own, you know, because you hear so much about like things like, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey and stories like that. Oh. And those are the famous <laughs> ones that I'm like, yeah, but there's so many cool stories that started out as fanfic and or, you know, just inspired by a story and are are really good like this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, there's a lot of um, like superficial things that make it really familiar for fans of the expanded universe like there's data pads and hyperspace and they even use flimsy out at one point <laughs> and i was <laughs> i think i think a lot of that though is i mean a lot of these except for hyperspace they're really eu terms yeah so i think and the eu authors came out of the same kind of community the same sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm. community that doyle mcdonald did so i think these are just common things in sci-fi too yeah yeah, and so, I like that because it's, you know, I, I when I started reading them, I felt like there was this whole realized universe and I was like, okay, can I go on Wikipedia and read about this? I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's yeah. a different galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> I have Just to learn on my own. <laughs> um, So I first read these five years ago. Um, I read the first three pretty quickly in succession and then i eventually read the rest of the four books the other four books in the series um and when i first read price of the stars it took me a really long time to get into it i think because i was so put off by being thrown headfirst into the galaxy and trying to figure everything out um Mm -hmm. i think it took me about two months to actually get through it and then once I did, I read the second two books like super fast. And fu- and funnily enough, the same thing happened this time around where it didn't <laughs> take me two months, but it took me like several weeks to get through Price of the Stars. And then um, I actually just before we started recording, finished the second book. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm about a third of a way into the third book at this point. <laughs> Because I, I read, re- I, I noticed this last time, every time I do a reread, I reread really, really fast, especially if it's a book like this, that if I discovered it when I was younger, that means I reread it like 50,000 times. Yeah. Like the Pern books, I, I remember I did, I read like almost all of them in like a week. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of books. That's like at least <laughs> because I'd read them so many times as a kid. And this, this, in this case, this is the same thing, you know, the early 90s being, and I just gobbled it up because one of my favorite things and one of the things that I've gotten increasingly picky about as I've gotten older is world building. Yeah. And and so so I, I really kind of just chowed into the world building here and, you know, got the shape of the universe and got the framing of it. And that was one of the things that kind of propelled me into finishing this whole trilogy. I don't I don't remember how long it took me the first time because it was, you know, I was like, I don't know, 14. I don't <laughs> even know. Um, but but yeah, I just I just whipped through them. 
Yeah, they um the world building is really spectacular and world building for me isn't something I really look for a lot. Like for me when I read a book it's definitely characters first. Um and then they you know there are some books where the plot um is what really draws me in. Like one of them is uh, The Icarus Hunt by Timothy Zahn. It's that, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever I read that book, I'm just like, oh my God, it's so good. I have to finish it now. Um, And this one, you know, definitely the the plot of this book is, is, you know, really good. But this is one of those series where the world building just sucks me in. And I think it's just space opera in general. Anything that feels super lived in and you get to see all the different parts of how the galaxy works uh mm-hmm. really you know just makes it so much more believable and yeah. i love how there is this weird sort of anachronistic feel and like retro future because they're still sending like general delivery <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and like you know having to set you know two weeks for the mail to get from place to place and yeah, having having the different well the different layers of mail like yeah you can send a letter but you can also send you know an electronic message which is weird because you have to go to like the post office to get an electronic message yeah <laughs> Like, like it's yeah it's totally retro totally well totally you know pre-internet really yeah I, I i love i love that how they're like printing out the reports and everything and i just i love i love that it's it's just so so fun and because it's not like our world so um and i love seeing all the different like facets of the galaxy like the space force um and, like even they have like silly silly little things like space waste patrols oh space waste patrol <laughs> black yes. black or what is it black brock black the brock. terror of the space ways yes terror of the space ways and sinister serena yes. dress yeah just totally, totally believable you know? it is it's and i uh, like and yeah. all the like the drinks like the cha and the uh the gill yeah. from the second book. Um, yeah, the, the yeah the calf people will will yeah themselves over all that, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, th- th- yeah, that there's different, you know, that there's different drinks and just different culture. It, you get a real sense that there's different cultures, mm-hmm. you know, and the some colony, you know, some colonies have this, some you know, things like that. Yeah. Um. So let's go down and talk about the characters. Um. Because I love everyone in this book. <laughs> um, so Becca is the main character, the Jaina Solo analog for the EU fans listening. Um, Way better than Jaina, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Jaina's the best of Solo kids, but she is... Well, that's what happens when yeah. you have a series <laughs> dedicated to you and lets you be the star. <laughs> Yeah, this this you know this I'll give the thing the thing about in comparing the kids here to the kids in the EU is that there's consistency, yeah. which I think was the huge problem with the EU kids is that there was no absolutely no consistency. Right. They were just completely you know from even books that followed each other. Mm-hmm. Jason especially suffered from this in the end. Yeah. <laughs> but you know they just there's no that this is it's, you know it's the same authors the same characterization they got everything. Mm-hmm. And and the character and even though Becca is the main character, all of them get their chance to shine and have a different role in the story, which yeah. gives them all a you know a depth that sometimes you know the 
solo kids kind of lacked but um yeah yeah <laughs> i feel really bad about even comparing them to the solo kids because i'm like this is, just, <laughs> this is just totally different like pay grade it right is. here it really is so becca is the youngest daughter of joss matati the commanding general of the space force and parada rosalyn who is the lost domina of inchibor no or domina uh, no lost domina Endor. of lost and yes. yes. Uh, and it took me a really a- long time to figure out that Domina wasn't like an established title <laughs> and was made up because I don't well, know why it was. I was. Dumb. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was an existing word, but yeah, yeah. I mean, as a title, I don't th- yeah. I don't know that it's been used for more than. Yeah. So like, Becca, um, Becca decided she did not want anything to do with politics and, you know, being stuffed in fancy dresses and having, you know, basically dying inch by inch like she saw with her mother. So she took... Because, yeah, does that for... Um, the Entibor was matriarchal. So yes. she, her brothers don't count mm-hmm. towards this title. Yeah. Um. So this is totally, you know, far down the line. But... <laughs> So if you if you do go ahead and read Gathering Flame, which is the prequel novel, you will be introduced to Entebor, which is totally effed up <laughs> in the Entibor, best yeah, way. It's, it's it's a really interesting take on things. It makes Hapes look tame. So yeah, I'll- it's it's definitely a more. Gr- I don't want to say adult because it's not porny, but a more grown up. Yeah. Like if it was conceived by adults and not people who saw some, you know, <laughs> people who, who watched too much Flash Gordon and were like, oh, the ladies are all sexy. Yeah. You know, it, it's a it's a real <laughs> it, 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 it work. It registers as a real, very cutthroat, but a very real kind of society. Yeah. So basically, uh, uh, Parada's I think it was her aunt was the was the domina. Um, and her aunt did not have any children. So a Parada was named Air. Uh, she became Domina when she was very young. I think like barely an adult. And she was like 18 or something. Yeah. And so she basically went off and decided and knew there was two things she had to do to prove herself. The first one she has, she had to find someone to build a fleet to fight against the mage worlds because this was during the first, the first war. And then the second thing she had to do was get herself knocked up so she could prove that she wasn't (laughs) barren like the former Grant. Yeah. (laughs) And that, that just, that's getting way into it. But yeah, I just wanted to say it's my dragon. I swear. (laughs) No, it's Um, fine. (laughs) But but yeah. yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> so Becca uh, knows that that's waiting for her, doesn't want anything to do with it. So she takes off with the help of her brother, Owen, and becomes a free spacer. And she hasn't seen her parents. She hasn't been home since then. It's like seven years. Uh, and yes. she ends up uh, getting tracked down by her dad and her dad's old um, co-pilot, who is now the master of the Adepts Guild. Um, and they tell her that uh, her mother has been assassinated on the Senate floor. They're going to give her, or uh, Joss is going to give her the Warhammer if she will go track down who was responsible and bring her, bring him names. That's really what he all he asks for. But she goes 
farther and beyond. <laughs> a little above and beyond. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Becca, of course, says yes, because she can't turn down the Warhammer uh, and gets sucked into um, tracking down the people responsible and meets up with the professor who is a mysterious elderly gentleman who uh, says he's um, he has an allegiance to her house and that he used to serve as arms master uh, on Enchibor. Mm -hmm. Um, But we never learn his name in this book, at least we do eventually learn his name, but uh, yeah, we eventually get there, but not, not in, not in the first, I think at the third book, um, did did they mention it in the third book? Yeah. I believe okay, so. Okay, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I don't get ahead of myself. <laughs> so, um, so he, um, you know, meets up with Becca, uh, offers to help, and they fake her death uh, because the people who were trying to kill her mother are now trying to kill her. And so they uh, pretend that their spacecraft crashed over the planet Artat, and um, she then takes the uh, alternate persona of Tarnkep Portrait, who is a Mandinen dandy, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me laugh every time I read it. <laughs> dandy, yeah, it's a, yeah, that's another like really old school. Thing. It is like, that's like that's her in in costume on the cover of the book. Yeah, with the eye patch and everything. And she and so I love that yeah, it's, it's like. They like describe him as such a dandy and being like so fashionable and then like but also so ruthless and everyone's so scared of him. Uh it's really great. So um they uh they end up recruiting a crew. <laughs> Uh, in in a very roundabout way uh, their first recruit is a space force lieutenant named Niels Jessen who is the greatest (laughs) (laughs) I love him so much Um, so he is um, Becca's brother's friend because they serve together Um, and yeah he starts out we meet him long before Becca and the Professor Dukes, he starts out on the same planet as my brother Ari. Yeah, he starts out with Ari and then he goes off to the planet Plaver to set up his own medical yeah. station. He gets a promotion. He does. And that's when Becca and the Professor burst in <laughs> after a firefight gone very bad and they basically have to fight their way out of the medical station onto a ship and uh, as they're flying to the orbiting station, Jessen remarks that, uh, by the way, a Tarnkep was piloting, he would think her his name should be Matati. And then he's he realizes that he said something very bad. <laughs> yeah, he kind of he kind of. Yeah. So uh, he figures he out on a little too quickly. <laughs> yeah, because he's smart and great. So they figure out that he uh, he figures out that that is Becca. Um, <clears throat> he has a really great line where he says, "Like Becca Rosalimatati, I sent your brother a card of grief upon your death." <laughs> uh, and then he gets uh, brought on because he knows too much. Um, then Becca goes and 
sends out for Ari, her brother, and because um, it's a family affair, so she <laughs> wants his help. Uh, unfortunately, he is accompanied by another uh, space force space force medic, uh, Yenat. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I don't know. I've been saying Lynette. <laughs> Lynette hyphen. How, how it works in my head. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, I don't know. It's I'm I'm the worst with pronunciation. Yeah. So don't trust me. Uh, and she is also an adept, um, which is kind of like the equivalent of the Jedi. But yeah, yeah. So they yeah they can you know use the currents of power and sort of man- manipulate they the fight world around them. And, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there's so, light. It's 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 all yeah. This is another place where you're like, oh yeah, that that that's mm-hmm. kind of like Jedi, yeah. Yeah. So she um also gets uh brought into this uh this crew. So those are like the those are the basically the five members of the crew that are uh searching for the the assassins. And um, I. I really like Ari. I think he, he's 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 so serious. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like he's like the last one to catch on to, yeah. to Becca in disguise, and you feel so bad for him. I know, I but do. He's not a dumb guy. He's just he's just not seeing it. Yeah, he's he's so like he's so the complete opposite of his brother, and which which we'll get into we'll get into, all, we'll get into awesome. later. <laughs> All three of the kids are just completely and utterly different from each other. Yeah. And I love um I love his backstory. He was sent to live with the Selvars on Marigai. They're giant lizards. Yeah, they're giant lizards. Uh he was a f- he was fostered by his father's friend and they basically raised him as one of their own and he went on what they call the long hunt um and you know became an official selvar and he was one of the few people who can speak in their language because he's so big uh and can get his voice down to that range um and lana i just really like um she's just there's so few character characters like her i mean now they're becoming more common thankfully but like just a completely competent uh female character that isn't the main character you know Mm -hmm. it's like she's you know she gets a lot of attention in the later books but i just yeah she 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 really she really plays a major part as as things go on yeah and this is a character that you could definitely see having just been defaulted to a male character um I think the fact that there's a female co-author on the series is probably why she's not. Uh, yeah. Um, and um, we didn't talk much about the professor, but the professor is very mysterious. Uh, and we learn later on that he was actually one of the mage lords. Yeah, um, from like way back. Yeah, so... But he's not lying about the Antiborian thing. He isn't. He was. He swore fealty to them, and if you read the professor books, you will realize why. And uh, as an aside, yeah. when I was yeah, reading, you kinda, you, yeah, you kind of get into more of his origins. Yeah. In in his but and then, <coughs> but then there's a big kind of gap. Yeah. Before you meet him again in the other prequel about the parents. Yeah. So it's like it's like there's still a lot of mystery around around that. Yeah, and so it's. it's that's one of the things I really like about the series is that they don't 
try to answer all the questions and that there mm-hmm. is so much mysterious stuff going on with the adepts and the mages um yeah. like you know literally the professor is like hundreds of years old but you don't know is he was he alive the entire time or did he like jump ahead in the like they never address any of that um edge you know they don't have to because it's supposed to be mysterious and um mm-hmm. yeah there's some weird <clears throat> stuff with time there is <laughs> especially <laughs> so, uh, the second and third books <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah but i really love also um just how they're described um and you get more into the mages specifically in the later books and especially in the professor's books but mm-hmm. it's basically not like good versus evil it's how they use their power and the adepts yes. are basically we will observe and feel but not uh interact they're yeah, not they're very passive yeah whereas the mages mages are more uh, manipulative yeah and so they they have like mage circles where they will work together to try to affect the universe and like change like things about the universe and um you'll see in the later books like what they're able to accomplish and it's just it's really interesting magic system and Mm -hmm. it really it really complements the world building because the two cultures are so different uh, so you can see how they they come about. <clears throat> and uh, Lanat starts out as an adept, but um, in the book, she ends up getting tutored by the professor and um, takes his staff after he dies. Uh, so she sorts of goes on this weird journey that continues on through the next two books of is she an adept is she a mage what's going on here yeah she's is she yeah it's 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 a really it, that's one of the more more interesting things i think about this i the the whole idea that you know there's there's some there's a way to bridge it kind of yeah and and the, and the, that and too that the older generation isn't capable of right so um one of the other characters that we see a lot in this book is Jervis Gill, who is Joss Matadi's aide. Um, and I love him because he <laughs> is just in over his head and is so sarcastic and is like, oh, yay, what do I have myself into this time? <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like 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 the everyman kind of. Yeah. Especially yeah. like Matadi's Mata- kind of he's kind of ADD. <laughs> yes, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but he's uh he's he's really great in this uh book. I love his realization that like Becca's alive and he's like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, he's always stumbling upon just things and yeah, it's 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 really. But you know, he keeps he's smart about it. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 a good guy to have as his as your aide. And uh, Joss is a good boss and recognizes this and gives him a promotion at the end of the book where he basically becomes a a commander in the fleet. So he gets to go off and patrol the Mage World's border. Um, And then there's we don't get a lot of him in this book, but there's Matadi himself and 
I I just like him a lot. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a lot of fun. He, he really is. Uh, you we get a lot more of him in the later. You books. definitely you definitely see where Becca especially gets it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So the the characters from this book, there's a lot less of them than there are in the later books. I, I yeah, I, it, it just str- keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, but that's that's. I mean, I appreciated that this time around. I I remember thinking, oh yeah, the second book is a lot bigger in scope. <laughs> but I think that's purposeful. Yeah, yeah, I think because you start with a really fairly narrow focus of you know the the assassins and then you kind of you know as they discover that it gets you know things get go a little farther and then farther and yeah 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 so the plot for this book is pretty straightforward it's becca and her crew trying to find her mother's murderers um there's you know little subplots going on in the background that end up um some of them end up paying off a lot in the rest of the trilogy um we start off with uh ari on the planet namarin with uh lanat and jessen and he's attacked um by the same people who are out to try to kill becca um and this is where lanat has her first fight with a mage lord and it's really really cool because that's your your first introduction to how all the power works and it's like this is really weird (laughs) um um, uh becca faking her death uh and becoming a tarn kept portrait and i just i love that name (laughs) (laughs) um they the whole escape from flavor uh i forgot how long that took <laughs> it really it really it's it's only supposed to be what a night but yeah, yeah it takes a lot of it takes a lot of chapters and yeah i did find myself skimming it a bit this time around but yeah there's a lot of good like little character things in there and uh because i am a shipper by heart <laughs> oh god yes you i are. know i'm sorry <laughs> Okay. I'm actually not only for certain characters and Becca and Jessen are, are two of those. I I found myself going back and reading through and I'm like, ah, okay, yep, I see that little <laughs> the little look between them. <laughs> I think it's also because I'm so amused because uh he is obviously attracted to Becca as Tarncap, <laughs> which I appreciate them just like going there. Uh, and you like he kisses her later on when she's in full tarm kept gear and doesn't bat an eye. So I'm like, yeah. oh. well, you know, he's 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 from Kesset. He you is know. from. Oh, we didn't even talk about Kesset and how effed up Kesset well, is. <laughs> Kesset. Well, that's the fourth book. It is. It's so effed up. <laughs> no, the fifth book. Duh. Oh right, but um, that's later, way later. <laughs> but yeah, um, I love the we little. Just get hints of it. I love the little name drops to like Kessage and like his his dressing gown. Yeah, and like playing up the the inner what is it the inner world or dandy or whatever because yeah. you know they'll overlook him if he pretends you know. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, and then we go into like the second half of the book is basically them tracking down the first guy who is a Benra de Care, uh, and they get to go undercover at a party. 
which is fun. Uh, Gil is there. Gil is there. Like, oh, hell, that's Becca. Yeah, figures it out. And that's the Space Force lieutenant who went missing. (laughs) Yeah, he figures it all out, and then he just lets it happen. He does. Great. He's like, I'm sure my boss knows about this. I'll just be quiet. (laughs) So they track him down, um, figure out who he is reporting to, and it's um, a guy named Nivom, uh, who is the master of Darvel. Uh, basically, Darvel is a horrible planet. It is a horrible planet because it's lawful, and <laughs> everyone like follows the rules. Yeah, it's, Darvel's ridiculous. It's like it's hilarious, actually. Yeah, it is. It's in its in its rule. It's unnatural. Yeah, <laughs> I love that Great. part. Yeah. Uh, so the 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 fourth part of the the fourth part of the book is basically their raid on Darvel and finding Navom Navom the Roni, which I I just <laughs> I love the titles in this series and they don't explain them at all. Yeah, it's it's just like this random like, and there's all well, even, Gil, even Gil has like he's like what a baronet or something. Yeah, <laughs> you just have these random like titles like yeah. well, not random, but you know just. Yeah, you know, space royalty, whatever. <laughs> oh, so it's you, so space opera. It is. So we get the raid on Darvel, uh, which goes horribly wrong. Um, <laughs> but they do manage to capture Navom. Uh, the professor dies, and it's sad. Um, but they escape. Uh, bring Navom back t- or to Matadi. Um, and they're like, okay, you can do what you want with him. He decides to have mercy on him, and then Navom tries to escape, and they shoot him. <laughs> so, oops. Oops. Oh, I forgot to mention Becca, like, flying into the sun <laughs> to escape oh, from yeah. Darvel. <laughs> that's, that's a Star Trek move, isn't it? I, I think so. She basically flies... A... I don't know. No, no isn't that, that how they... in? In the in the whales one, okay, never mind. <laughs> it's, a, it's a total Star Trek move. Uh, I'm not sure, because I don't remember Star Wars ever doing it. At least not. Yeah. So um, so that's basically the first book. Um, there is a lot of setup for the second book, and um, we're gonna go into spoiler time now. So. Yeah, these these are spoilers for later. What the f- yeah. Kind of yeah, they're not the they're not in the trilogy. This is the thing; they come yeah. way later. Well, except for the one of them. But yeah, two of them come way later. Yeah. So and they're they're hinted at here. They are. So if you want to read the rest of the of the trilogy, totally like unspoiled, uh, leave us now. Take take your leave. Uh, but okay. if you if you've read them before or aren't that don't care this much, uh, continue on. Okay, now it's spoiler time. So, uh, I didn't know this until later on after I read, like, the Mage World's FAQ that's on the author's blog. Uh, but yeah, Navom is totally Ari's dad. (laughs) And reading it again with that knowledge is like, oh, crap. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Navom- Yeah, because there there are some pretty heavy hints in in this book about that. Because mm-hmm. uh, we meet another one of Navom- Navom's kids, and he's like the only guy who's like tall, who's like as big as Ari. Who's that guy? 
Uh, the, the, the one who fakes being the uh, gang gangster setup, the one who turns him over to Navomi. Oh, okay. Yeah, they he fights with Ari. They have like a fist fight. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah and you actually. And oh, actually, the the, the um yeah. the yeah the the queen 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 cucks guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Queen cucks guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't say it. <laughs> queen cucks. <laughs> um. um but so yeah, it's 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 hinted. Yeah, because he so there they mention a lot that he got his physique from a like some unknown matadi gra- ancestor grandfather that even matadi did not yeah. know his name or something it's, it's they totally dance around it it is and i mean and you buy it because like joss like doesn't know really he he, he was like a street kid basically and left yeah. left home at very early age so it's totally believable but um he i you don't find out until the fourth the fourth yeah, book which totally is the prequel the book, it's totally a thing so when parada goes off and gets joss to do the fleet she's already basically done the deed right. with navome to get her pregnant yeah. um and like the things that happen in that book like you find out the origins of ari going to live on margai yeah oh god it's not good (laughs) yeah it's it's not a good moment for anyone no so yeah although it turned out well for ari it did so um they they have the um entoborans have a term for this it's called gene sire and um the the Domina can basically choose whoever she wants to be her, the gene sire, and then also have a consort. Um, she is allowed to name the gene sire or not name them as she wants. They call it Domina's privilege uh, because it might give the gene sire more political leverage than the consort. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, and, and so it's, crazy. It's a, it's a done thing. Like, like Parada's father isn't her biological father yeah i love... even though he helps raise her he's not her she he's a gene and she has a, sis, a younger sister uh and and they have the same gene sire and her mother tells her this like yeah you know you know, but it's not her father yeah she overhears her ta- uh, her parents talking about um getting another gene sire to have like have a girl and like the 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 father the uh is or the you know the the consort whatever you want to call him is is like totally into it and it was like suggesting people to use yeah. and and too and you there's a there's a scene with Navome and he wants he wants a second chance he does you know, after Ari and and I think Parada throws back at him well you know you already had another kid and that kid is is the Quintex guy yeah and she had a son too so it's like I'm not giving you a second chance right because you're not you're not you're not giving out daughters yeah and um, he's pressuring her, and so she knows the only way to get him to stop is to have another kid with someone else. And Joss is not there right now at yeah, that moment. Kind of estranged at that point. But Eric, his best friend, is dun dun dun. And yeah, Eric. Eric is 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 not her her brother. Yeah, it's not you know a Star Wars situation. <laughs> no. Uh, so, and that is how Ari was born, and that is That's why how- Ari is in a has the adept abilities, and that is Owen. why. Oh, uh, Owen! Right, you said Ari. Uh, Owen. Yeah. 
Owen. Yeah, Owen. Owen is is in this is in the Price of the Stars, but not. He's yeah. Very briefly, he he comes in more in the second and third book. De- yeah, he's got a big role in the second and third yeah. books. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Eric is the second son Owen's gene sire, and um, it makes their relationship really weird. <laughs> Yeah, because because Ari and Owen don't know any of this. No, they don't know, and they don't. No care. one knows any of it. Yeah, it's except for the people involved, obviously. Yeah. Um. Oh, and Becca is Joss's. Yes. No <laughs> doubt about that. Yes, that's what the the actually the the FAQ is like. Well, who's uh who's Becca's dad? And they're like, uh, Joss. No doubt about it. <laughs> There's no question. None. Yeah. But you know, the, but to, to these kids and to and to uh. And to Joss, they're his kids. Yeah, and like, and that's He's the culture father. on Entrebor. It's like he yeah. he raised them. He's cons- he's legally their father. Um, yeah. The other one is just Gene Sire, basically sperm donor, and that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's it makes it really interesting in the second book when you learn more about Eric and Owen's like master and apprenticeship and eventually eric's role in the whole series and it's yeah eric uh, eric is something eric is something i'm just gonna I, say that uh, yeah <laughs> yeah um, don't go in yeah don't go into this expecting like i said don't go into this expecting star wars it's not star wars it's not it's a lot more complicated than that it's a lot more nuanced than that no sorry yeah i mean it is <laughs> i just had to go there i'm sorry um so there's we we get some setup for the second book obviously um there's hints that the mage lords are still active um becca uh, ends this ends the series saying she's going to go off into the mage worlds and find out what um decare was doing um yeah he tried yeah he tr- we didn't really he tried to contact them after, they they had him like drugged and yeah and fooled and he thought he, so he thought he was contacting the mad world so yeah something weird's going on there yeah and he escapes at the end of the book um and they know yeah. that it was it was mage work that got him out so um she goes off jessen uh gets transferred to intelligence and goes along with her yes um, and it's very sweet yeah. <laughs> but it's not too sweet and that's why i like it <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's some definitely some things in, in these books for shippers, not just Becca and Jessica. Yeah. Yes. Talk about how dumb Ari is in the next book. <laughs> yeah. God, Ari. Um so yeah, He's and we not picking up on things. He yeah, he does not pick up. Um but then we get an uh mention of uh Becca's old crewmate, Ignaso Le Soir. <laughs> Which, yeah, we need to be French to pronounce this. Yeah, so he is an old crew member. Um, she ends up getting into a like casino fight where he is involved. Fight, yeah. yeah, and um, basically, he, he you know she shoots him, but he doesn't die, and um, he ends up showing up in the second book and has a becomes part of her crew basically so yeah i i like that he's just like randomly mentioned and has a little tiny part and then comes back and yeah and yeah he he's more than what he seems he is oh i remember Everyone being in these books so mad about that <laughs> 
Yeah, there, there's always some some level. Yeah. So there's a there's an actually Ari is exactly what he appears to be. Yeah, Ari is. <laughs> there is a um, there's a scene at the end of book two that um, I it's um. It's when Owen goes and gets and does his staff gets 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 yeah. his staff. That yeah, so yeah. Um, there's this there's a scene there where I, um, when I read it the first time, I was like, what? <laughs> and when I was reading it the second time, I was like, oh, I have this highlighted, and I have a note, and I clicked on the note, and it was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, Nancy from five years ago, you had the same reaction. <laughs> so yeah this these books they have a lot of twists and turns and um i they just have such a good combination of really good characters and really good plotting and really good world building and yeah it's it's just it's it's a sweet spot really it is and there's only seven of them i know seven so it makes me sad. I want more, nice but I also night. don't yeah, I want do. more. I do want more. But at this point, I'm like, you know what? It's not going to happen. <laughs> I saw like someone had said they were like talking about the idea of a gill book. And I was like, I totally buy that. There's there actually there's some short stories somewhere. Oh, I don't yeah. know if it's on their website or if it's like on on Amazon. But yeah, there I think at least one gill. There's at least one gill short story. Oh, yes. So yeah, uh, Mage Worlds is great, and y'all should read it. Yeah. Even even now that we've spoiled it for you, <laughs> we didn't spoil everything. No, we didn't spoil everything. We didn't spoil the big spoilers. Yeah, there's and like I said, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on, and uh, not all is not as it seems. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And the mages make long plans. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about this book or the series as a whole? Other than go read it. <laughs> go read it. That's all I'm going to say. I, I agree. They're on Kindle. They are. I will say, though, that the Kindle version is really bad. Uh, there's, there's a lot of like, um, just little errors in like, I don't, I don't, it translation is the wrong word, but like when they're, you know, basically making it electronic format, there's some typos and, um, they don't do the breaks uh, oh, very well. Yeah. Yeah. And the headings for the chapters don't break on lines very well. So it's, it's really hard upon first reading to figure out where they are because it's oh, like yeah, Namorin okay. and Namport are like on two separate lines. So you don't realize it's the same place. Mm -hmm. um, so it was really hard at me at, for me at first. And I think that's one of the problems I had is figuring out where everything was. But yeah, well, I think you can. And, and too, if you're not into Kindle, I think. Well, it's really easy to get used copies now. Yeah. Just, just bear in mind that the, the, especially the first three books that the spines are cut tor used to use really bad glue <laughs> yeah and so yeah the spines might get a little loose so make sure that you get better quality copies and treat them gently right. yes but the last two are in hardcover oh they are yeah or at least know. they were originally published in hardcover and you i don't know if you can i'm sure you can find used copies of those interesting but yeah the first the first uh five are only we're only we're paperback originals Oh, okay. 
Yeah, because I have, like I said, I have them. <laughs> and I was looking for them and I can't find them, but they're in here somewhere. Oh. The hard. Because I bought them the minute they came out. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, definitely go read these books. They're very, very good. Although, if you're listen- still listening to our spoilery talk, you probably have already read them. So. Oh, we should probably. Uh, okay, so there's the, the three books that we're talking about the main, yes. the first three. There's the first prequel, which is The Parents. Then there's actually a sequel, which is some kids. And that's mm-hmm. all I'll say about that. It's that's the really that's really tiny, um, but it's it's still it's a fun story. And then there's the two about the professor, and those yeah. are the last two. And the two about the professor are co- like completely different from the other yeah. five books because you get you get a lot more into the ma- into the into the mage mage world before the war. Yeah, because it ba- they they barely touch they they kind of touch on the start of the war. But they end well before the full Magwar. Yeah. And there's some weird, like, psychological stuff going on with, and like religious things, because, like, the whole, um, what they call the gap, which is yeah. in between the adept worlds and the mage worlds. Yeah. It's like, it's like it's a galaxy that's split in two or it's two different galaxies. Yeah. And I'm so, not sure how that, how that, I don't, it's been so long since I've read the first two. I, I believe it was, it's called the, it, I, it's one galaxy because they call it the Sundering of the Galaxy. Um, okay. But they don't like go into, was it a, like a natural event or was it like something that happened with, uh, with, you know, the power? Um, but they basically couldn't, the two parts of the galaxy were separated and they couldn't, um, they couldn't figure out how to get through the gap. Um, yeah. So yeah, and and they they evolved very differently. Yes. And like the and like the mages. I mean, there's hints of this in the in the books in the first books, but they were way more scientifically advanced. Yes. Um. You know, they all have hype. They all have hyperspace and ships and all that, but just the medical. They had like medical. They had AI. They had all sorts of crazy stuff that uh, adapts the replicants. Yeah, that's how they fake Becca's death because they have some. Yeah, like, well, they have material. like some, goo, some. They have some medical goo. It's not a real replica. Yeah, but yeah, they they just they had way more advanced technology in certain areas. Yeah. So yeah, I think that will bring us to a close for the price of the stars. Uh, before we go, Dunk, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? <laughs> I am at clubjade.net, uh, oh. where I write way too many of the posts. <laughs> and uh, at clubjade on Twitter and clubjade on all one word on um Tumblr. Awesome. Ooh. So thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Tashi Station Book Club. We've been brought to you in part by Her Universe and by you, our Patreon subscribers. Please click on the link on the blog to help us support the show. And you helped us all buy a new mixer because our mixer died and we had to buy a new one. So thank you, Patreon people, for letting us do that (laughs) and not have to go on hiatus for a long time. Um, you can find us on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore Skation, and I am at Nancy Pants. Um, you can subscribe to our shows on iTunes and please leave a review to help us grow the show. Uh, you can find all of our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net and our book club discussion is at Goodreads. Thank you for joining us and we'll catch you in February to discuss our next pick, Star Pilot's Grave. Ba-ba-ba. Bye.